0: Hey, recording live, the newest episode of Marta the Minimalist podcast, exclusively for you, the members of The Minimalist Method for Prosperous Female Entrepreneurs. I love helping other people to not have to go through some of the tests and trials that I did if possible. This is where you get the first dibs of the best business strategies ever so you can grow your revenue while minimalizing your time, your efforts, and your energy. There's great coaches, there's people in this field. So yeah, you want them on your team. on facebook for you the members of the minimalist method for prosperous female entrepreneurs you get the true raw and real first cuts of our newest podcast episodes of marta the minimalist and every single time you get to enjoy that feedback as it comes on i'm here with you today with uh, sharon north pole who's going to tell you ladies, I know we've got a lot of audience members, you mostly women. And if you're men, if you're here, we love you too. You know, we do. Uh, uh, and Sharon loves to help women in their 50s, 60s, 70s to reignite their se- zesty life. And um, she's going to tell you today about how you can, even in your 50s, 60s, 70s, kick that that weight, off of your midsection, off of your butt, off of your body, that maybe you're hiding with extra layers of clothing. Maybe you are keeping yourself from getting in the pool with your grandkids. Um, maybe you're even at the point where you have to hold off on going on hikes or or amusement parks with your family because you're just that out of shape. And you're feeling feeling a little bit of shame about it. And you feel like you've lost your zest, you've lost your mojo. So Sharon's going to help you with that here. But before we go on, Sharon, share your story and why should they listen to you? Well, I've been through a lot of different changes in my life and
1: the transition to menopause left me not my zesty self. I gained weight. I wasn't as healthy as I'd been. I went through a contentious divorce and had to reinvent myself. And one of the big reinventions I had to think about, and I encourage all of you to think about is what is it about the weight gain? It's not that you want to lose weight. It's what you want to do when you lose weight that drives you to make that change. So what is that? Is it like Marta mentioned, going to the pool, being with your grandkids, being able to travel? If you are carrying a lot of extra weight you can't do the walks and the hikes and the museums and all the things you want to do so i encourage you to not just go oh i need to lose weight i need to lose weight i need to lose weight but discover your big why what is it that you want to do when you lose that weight so that you can become extremely motivated because just i need to i need to lose weight i need to eat less i need to do this i need to do that It's not as motivating as saying, I really want to go to the Eiffel Tower and I want to be able to walk the steps. And right now I can't do that. So I encourage, or I want to go to Disneyland. And right now my kids and grandkids have to sit me on the bench because I can't make the path. I can't do it or whatever it is. And and sometimes it's what you want to wear. You want to look sexy. You want to be um, alive and vital and colorful for your your mate or your, you know, your prospect of your in your love life, whoever that might be. And yet you find yourself reaching for that same black, comfortable, stretchy sweatsuit because the rest of the stuff just isn't comfortable. So I encourage you to think about that and be encouraged by that and not necessarily wait until you can fit into your old clothes to get dressed in a in an attractive way buy something new that's colorful and livens you up and makes you feel good. Because waiting till you lose weight until you're going to do whatever it is you're going to do is um, counterproductive. You know, get out and do it now while you're in the process of losing weight. And sometimes it's not necessarily losing weight, it's controlling where you are. And as you have waning estrogen in your 50s and into your 60s, as we go through menopause, we have less hormones to help us out. We have. A slower metabolism. So even if it hasn't started sinking in yet, if you're 50, it may just be the very beginning. That's why I love working with women at the beginning, rather than at the end of, you know, it's already happened, I'm 50 pounds heavier, it's much harder there. So I encourage you younger women to really use some of my little tips to help the weight gain from occurring. Because it's much harder to deal with fifty pounds than it is to deal with five. So, a couple of my
0: tips um, in that, and what I've learned in my time. Interject real quick. Yeah. Why is this important for you? If you if you are an avid listener of Marta the Minimalist, well, if you're hiding yourself, um, and maybe you're even withholding photos from social media. I've talked to clients of that age and they're like, I don't want to share photos of myself on social media. I need to lose some weight. I actually just had an email from someone. I want to wait till X, Y, Z month because I have some, a couple more pounds to lose. Well, that's the decluttering of things that don't serve you. Number one, I, I think that once you start to work on this journey of losing weight, it's not a About actually losing weight, but loving your body the way that it is now, and shedding those that head trash that tells you that you're not enough right now, the way you are, to um, show up, to to visibly be you, and to attract what you desire, because the way that you feel about yourself. Um, that is an energy that you're creating that's keeping you from uh, allowing you to easily receive what you desire. And that's maybe prosperity, abundance, and that's maybe a a zesty life where you do get to go to Disneyland, museums, hikes, uh, sitting in a car for a a road trip for a long time. Um, All of these things are are what Sharon's going to be helping you with. So so listen up. She's going to be sharing some tips right now.
1: I have one little mantra that I kind of live by, and that's get up, get dressed and get out. And, you know, each of those things is is a big thing. Really, Um, you got to get up, first of all, to seize the day. You can't just lay in bed or lay on the couch or stay stagnant to be zesty. So I encourage you to create a a daily routine and start with that daily routine every day. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. My routine is I do a little five minute meditation. I do um, sometimes 20 minutes, but always five. I do an affirmation. And part of the affirmation is I want to, I am healthy. I am vital. I am my ideal weight and you don't talk about what you want to be you talk about what you are and it may be a projection but that's okay and then you do some gratitude and i call it give me five so that it doesn't get too complicated i do five minutes of of um of meditation five minutes of gratitude five minute of affirmations five minutes of exercise when you first wake up and i drink a warm glass of lemon water so lemon water is a good start to your meta- metabolic boost and if you do exercise first thing in the morning even just 5 minutes you know i do five exercises 1 minute each it boosts your metabolism for the whole day so part of the part of the system that i use with that get up get dressed and get out is a mantra to make you feel good, make you be alive and help you on the weight gain um, control or loss. And um, the getting dressed means, you know, take care of yourself, take care of your house. It's about self-care. Getting dressed means you have a routine, you're gonna stick to it, you're gonna do it and you're gonna wear something that makes you smile and makes other people smile. So I find color is, is important to, life's a rainbow. And I dress like a rainbow so that I can remember that, so that I feel rainbowy and not, you know, not in the way that rainbow means for some people, but in the, its color and its its pot of gold and all the things that rainbows bring. So I believe that um, getting dressed is part of that and taking care of yourself, and that's your self care. And then getting out, that is so critical to not only your mental health, but your physical health and your weight gain. So I have a commitment that I walk at least 5,000 steps a day. Some days I don't make it. Yesterday I walked 10,000 steps. So I get out every day and I encourage you, it's harder in the winter months and I live in the tropical climb. So I can get out, you know, every day, but even if you can't get outside, you know, do some movement movement is your friend all kinds of movement and I really believe in an outdoor walk if you can do it if it's not 10 feet of snow or a tornado outside your house um, to get out because even when you're
0: there out, is snow.
1: I, you know if there is snow you can walk I in can it walk. as long as it's not 10 yeah. feet deep yeah. a good cold walk is actually really good for your heart it cold <laughs> is great for you and so I encourage you to get out and the reason outside versus a gym treadmill is it's really good for your health. It's fresh air, number one. It's not air conditioned air or heated air, it's fresh. Number two is you see things. And that is so key to mental health and to be able to, as you age, be looking at and thinking about different things. So I encourage you to find places you can go to walk that are not always exactly the same, that you go to your neighborhood park or you go to a botanical garden. I'm big on botanical gardens. Whenever I travel, that's the first thing I do is look at where the botanical garden is because I know I can get my steps in, I can have fresh air and I can see beautiful things. And oftentimes there's art in the gardens and you can you know, you can dream, you can dream about if you're an artist, you can dream about, oh, I could do something like that. Or if you're a gardener, you can dream, oh, I could plant something like that. So it's really good to inspire you. So I am a big, big fan of botanical gardens and parks, and they're free, or very, you know, very cost effective. So it's not like spending $200 to go to Disneyland. It's like spending $8 to go to you know, to a botanical garden. So I go to them wherever I go. And I, I love that. And in my own little town, I've listed all the parks. And so I'm on a park mission. I'm trying to go to each of the parks around me and walk in those parks and get my steps in there. The other way you can get that weight gain kind of under control in a stealth way is I always park at the very end of the parking lot and wear a step counter. You know, a watch, uh, most of the phones will do it. I use a Samsung um, uh, app, but there's one on the iPhone too. And it'll count your steps if you have your phone with you, if you don't have a a watch that's a step counter. But I encourage you to do that because you become your own fan. You become, oh, I did it. And your watch will say so. It'll say, yay, you did it today. You made your goal. Um, But more than that, you're accountable. You can look and see. You know what? I only walked 2,000 steps today. There's another hour of daylight. I need to go get around the block a couple times. So I find myself really committed to it, and it's made a difference in controlling my weight. And the other thing that walking will do is it it increases your mental capability because you're thinking about new things, and it also can uh, can increase your heart health. And I really got committed to walking. When my cardiologist told me I had high blood pressure, that if I didn't start walking, I had two choices, go on blood pressure medicine or lose 10 pounds and start walking every day. I decided that that was a better solution. I didn't want to be on drugs the rest of my life. So I started walking and through that over time, you know, it's not an instant fix. Nothing is, but you didn't get the extra 10 or 20 pounds overnight. It's not going to go away overnight. But if you commit to walking, you can lose, you know, 10 to 20 pounds in a year just by walking and it will lower your blood pressure. So it's a huge win for women as they age. A lot of women have you know, heart issues and a lot of heart issues are, are exasperated by belly fat. And the, what happens when we start to get that fat is it, it um, surrounds our internal organs. So it's not just this belly fat you see, but it's the belly fat you don't see. And what you don't see is what's really hurting you. And it's the fat that are, that's around your critical organs, around your liver, around your spleen, around your heart. So that fat starts to slow down your your, um, metabolism in a way that it affects your your organs. So it's a big deal. And losing weight offers a lot of um, pluses in the what you can do. But it also is really key to you living a a long, healthy life. Because... Women are really living longer than ever, but they're living with a lot of health problems. I encourage you to go into Walmart and look around or go into Costco and look around. And you'll see that we are in an obese epidemic that most of the people in the United States, 67% of them are either obese or overweight. And part of that is the amount of food that you buy when you go to a Walmart or a Costco, and then how much you have gotten used to eating more than you need. So that's the other tip is take your plate and figure out what your full dinner looks like. And then I encourage you to take 10% of that off of your plate. And every month, take another little piece off of your plate so that you become satiated with a smaller portion and that you choose foods that are um, low in fat. And that is, you know, don't eat fried food, except as a treat. Don't eat a lot of red meat. You know, you can eat whatever you want, but eat it in moderation. Be conscious of low fat choices, salmon, um, chicken, beans. You know, if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, there's a lot of beans, soy, all kinds of different beans you can eat. But Take care that you eat, are eating protein. And that's really important as you're losing weight because muscle is is muscle demands protein. If you don't have enough protein in your body, you can't build muscle. So as, if you're a vegan or a vegetarian, it's really important to pay attention to the protein that you get, which is going to come from your legumes. Um, and there's and it's perfectly good protein, but it's easy to just eat a salad or just eat the vegetables or just eat the broccoli. That's not going to work for you. You've got to have protein. So if you, if you eat meat, you eat chicken, you eat fish, it's easier to get your protein. If you eat as a vegetarian, and that's, you know, it's great for the planet, but not necessarily good for you if you don't pay attention. So you've got to pay attention to getting the protein in. And that brings me to the other part of of losing weight, it's build muscle
0: to interject. I just, I've, I work with so many health and wellness experts and I've never heard it explained the way that you explained it. So visually that, uh, the fat isn't like just the way that you see it around your arms or around your belly or, you know, on your butt or whatever, it's actually much more important than that. It's surrounding your internal organs and keeping them from um, from performing at their best, which means, as you say, operating your immune system, operating your metabolism, operating your respiratory system, operating your cardiovascular system. You don't feel good because of this and we're not talking about good fat. We're talking about toxic fat. And very oftentimes it is toxic fat. That's keeping you from performing at your best self and embodying your highest self that you're meant to be. What's that last point, Sharon?
1: Oh, it was, um, that you've got to build muscle. So it becomes much harder as we age to build muscle. And that means walking isn't quite enough. You know, it's great and it's good for your mental capacity. It's good for your cardiovascular system. It's good for weight loss, but it's not building enough muscle. So you need weight bearing um, exercises to build muscle, and that means that you've got to do something that has resistance training, either weights or bands, or you know, you can use water bottles. You can use the cans in your cupboard. You don't need to have anything special in the way of equipment, but you do need to tax yourself, you do need to lift something and do some kind of activity that is geared towards weight bearing muscle building, because muscle weighs more than fat so you know you're not going to see the scale go down as fast if you're building muscle at the same time you're losing weight so you might not like the scale that you see but don't pay attention to that pay attention to how you feel and how your clothes fit how your clothes fit is a big deal and that brings me to why getting dressed is so important one thing about getting dressed in something that you love and something that's exciting and fun and and vibrant and alive is also something that fits and so you can keep an eye on weight gain by a pair of jeans and I encourage you to find a pair of jeans that are that fit you well right now that are pretty comfortable and realize that you can't ever go past that pair of jeans and hopefully you'll go down from that pair of jeans and one day you'll put them on and you go wow these are really baggy I need to, I can go down to my other jeans that I haven't been able to fit into for a long time. So that's, um, that's one way that getting dressed can really embolden your weight loss is because you become aware, you have to pay attention to what you're wearing and what fits and what's too tight and what doesn't. And sometimes, you know, wearing a muumuu is we grow to the size of our tank. Like a fish, you know, a fish you put in a big tank, it'll just keep growing. And unfortunately, so do we. If we only wear stretchy, baggy, big things, we don't notice when the extra five or 10 pounds starts to creep on. So I encourage you to find that pair of jeans and, you know, on a regular basis, wear them. And make sure you can sit comfortably in them and you can breathe. If you have to lay down on the bed, suck it in and squeeze your pants on, it's not working for you. So,
0: you've you well, got to motivate it's you. Not a
1: good sign. So, you got to be upright and be able to button them comfortably. And then that well, brings I me, say,
0: I, I am on that weight loss journey myself. You know, every time I have a baby, I am, and it's, it, it, it is the older I get the, uh, and the more babies I have, the longer it takes. And that's fine. Cause it's all about God's timing and your own. And I will say that I, I purchased a pair of jeans that, that is like right in the middle. And yesterday I was wearing it and it buttons up all the way here. So by the end of the day, I was like, I am in pain but they were super cute. So it was worth it. It was worth it. And I know that I'm on the journey for them to be more comfortable. And it's not about fitting the pair of jeans, right? It's about being comfortable in your own skin and uh, being aware of the health issues that you're trying to accommodate. It's about holding yourself
1: accountable. And that's the hardest thing. Someone told me the other day, that out of 10 people that buy whatever it is a program of some some kind of coaching program uh a weight loss program a fitness pro- whatever program somebody buys mm-hmm. out of that statistic t- shows that only 3 people will do it wow so at, three coach, out of two- I
0: I will say that as a coach I will say that that people will will join programs and um and it's almost like they feel that joining the program is the step, is the thing, and that magically presto change everything's going to fall into place. While there is some truth to that, that when you shift forward, magical things happen to support you in the journey, you still hold yourself accountable and take action, which is the operative word. And the law of attraction. Then if my good friend, Dr. Shelley, that both Sharon North Pole and I know uh, is listening, I, I love that. I learned that from her. The, the operative word in attraction is act, action.
1: I've always loved the saying that God will fulfill your dreams, but the ones that have feet are the ones that get fulfilled first
0: that is a good one i've never heard that one that's a really good one okay well, what was that last point i i digress the,
1: the point i don't remember which i was on but i'll go with the next one you
0: go with the flow <laughs> I'll
1: go with whatever oh, that. that's, which is uh-huh. um you know, it was about clothes it was about you know part of um weight gain part of us um growing beyond the size that we want to be is about frustration with our life so eating is um it it can be an addiction to eat more than you need because you're not feeling happy or you're not feeling comfortable or you're not feeling worthwhile or you're anxiety ridden so that's another thing is to be able to notice why you're eating are you eating because you're hungry or you're eating because something pissed you off or because you really wish you could have done something different and you're mad at yourself
0: or because you're bored or because it's, it's fun to lay around and watch a movie and eat the entire time. I'm, that's my biggest, biggest, biggest culprit of that.
1: So part of getting control of your weight, is it, And your life is about being aware, is about holding yourself accountable. And as a life coach, that's one of the biggest things that I do for people is I help be I help them with a with a hug or a tug. Whichever they need, you know, like I can love them up and help them love themselves and I can give them a little bit of tug and accountability for making those changes, making those decisions and help them. You know, I call it big sister energy, the big sister that not only loves you, but has a little bit of tough love and said, well, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And, and it, does it serve you? That's a big one. I've found that I can ask that question to myself in all kinds of times and all kinds of places and all kinds of relationships is, does it serve me? And if it's not going to serve me, then I make the effort to make a better choice. Choose things that serve you. That involves food. It involves people. It involves choices of what you're going to do you know, whether you're going to go out drinking or whether you're going to, you know, just have water with lemon, you know, those are choices. So every day we face thousands of choices and those choices that you choose, the little ones, the little tiny choices, am I going to drink a Coke or I'm going to drink water? Am I going to have a caffeine drink or am I going to have, you know, water or, or a juice? So every time you make a decision I'm encouraging you to just be aware and work on the mantra of, does that serve me? Does that serve me? Is that going to do me any good or is that going to help me be better in, in my health or my mental health or, or my relationships? That's a good one about sometimes wanting to you know, c- um, bite somebody's head off and create an uncomfortable relationship. What does that have to do with weight? when we're in uncomfortable relationships we're anxiety ridden when we're anxiety ridden we eat so one of those one of those little subtle tips is try your best to get along try to swallow a little bit of what you want to say think about it does this serve me if i'm going to say something mean and and disparaging to someone does it serve me or is it going to fluff up my relationship to a point where I feel anxious when I see that person, family member, friend, whoever it is, and make the choice not to make that relationship contentious. Because the more contentious relationships you have, the more anxiety you you have, the more um, resistance to that meeting you have, and therefore that resistance is a trigger for eating. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't seem like they're connected, but they are. So trigger
0: for having an extra glass of wine or having an extra cup of coffee because they make you happy and they do add calories and don't support your adrenal glands. So so Sharon, you help so many women um to feel better who are in their 50s, 60s and 70s to get their to live their best zesty life how can the audience who is listening and watching help you to achieve your 2023 goals
1: well i would love it if they would join my community and contribute to the community in a way that they can share ideas and inspiration and success and I have a, a community on Facebook. It's called Zesty Women 50, 60, and 70. And it's a nice community of women supporting women. It's a sisterhood. And I would love to grow that community so that there's more women contributing to it. I have, you know, a, a great number of women in there, but I would really like women that want to be a part of it in, in sharing, in taking what we give in the community and giving some of their their ideas and their goals and, and share their successes. And that's really important. You know, one of the really important things as we age is staying connected. And I did a big survey with about 300 women and asked the question of what are your three biggest challenges at this time of your life? Number one was weight gain. Number two was vitality and health. I call that zest and the third one was anxiety and self esteem you know feeling good about yourself well in a sisterhood where you're contributing and sharing you can you can be involved in much more than just yourself and it's a connection even though it's a virtual connection it's a connection and i've made some really good friends that i've become physical friends with that i met online and so i encourage them to join the facebook group to share, to give, to take and um, it, life is a give and take. So I encourage them to come in, take what they can and give what they have so that they can really build on their own connection and their own um, sense of self, You know, their own challenges that they have with getting up and getting dressed and getting out. And we love to hear what's not working for you as well as what is. Sometimes on social media, everybody looks perfect you know, like their life is perfect, their world is perfect, their family is perfect, and everything is perfect. Because as human beings, the only thing that we like that's negative is the news, which is everything on the news. But in our own world, when we present ourselves, we don't present often our negative parts of our life, the parts that are challenging, the parts that have been, you know, um, destructive, or the parts that have not been Zesty or not been what we'd hoped for, and so I encourage people to share where they are, where where they are. You know, if it if it's a happy day, celebrate. If it's a not happy day, come and share. Hey, my dog ran away, and it was really a big bummer. And I ran all over the neighborhood, and I got really angry at my dog and mad at my husband for opening the gate, and I was just mad. So you know, that's okay. It's real. It's life, and letting go and telling the stories. I, I just am releasing a book. It's called Zesty Changes. And there's 30 stories of women. It's like a lemon to lemonade. It's like tragedy to triumph, those kinds of stories. And in those stories, um, there's lessons. And a lot of those lessons are lessons of forgiveness lessons of awareness, lessons of health issues, you know, things that didn't go well, lessons of, you know, getting pregnant before you were ready and how that affected your life. So I believe that your story, whatever your story is, is important to be told. It's important for the world to hear it because somebody else might be going through that same thing. It's important to tell it so you can release it. So in my little Facebook group, it's a small story. It's a story of today. It's Here's what I'm doing. Here's how I did. You know, it's a few paragraphs. And it's a place where your story doesn't get bottled up and and, and stuck. And I'll be doing another book with more stories. So I'm collecting stories of, of women that have triumphed over adversity. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, your battery's out. Yep,
0: yeah, there I am. No, I'm good. You keep okay. going.
1: So anyway, uh, people that have triumphed over adversity and I had a really crazy thing happen to me. I just got extremely sick and in a coma. I was in the hospital for, I was in intensive care and on life support for two weeks and in the hospital for two months. Going in with vitality and a and a get up, get dressed mentality gave me the resources to recover and be, I'm way ahead of where the doctors ever thought I would be. They thought I'd be on dialysis and maybe never playing tennis again and never being able to be independent from a walker or a cane. But because I went in at a good weight, at a good mental health, with a practice of affirmations, with a practice of gratitude, those things were my arsenal that saved me. When I got out of the hospital, I couldn't even walk. I couldn't sit up. I had to be poured into a wheelchair. And I'm now back to where I can play tennis and I can play pickleball. And my doctors say it's a miracle. And I say, it's not a miracle. It's a commitment. It's a commitment to taking care of yourself. It's a commitment to lifestyle. And it's a commitment to um, that get up, get out lifestyle and being aware whether you're healthy or you're not. And it's really easy to just ignore where we are, but I did that, you know, 10 years ago in a big divorce and gaining 30 pounds. I did that, but I got the help and the coaching and the, and the, the help to move out of that. And I, at that point, I became committed to help other women, help other women going through those things. And the biggest, one of the biggest things in my, in my research was the divorce rate. And especially the divorce rate rate for women, 50, 60, and 70. And a lot of women have been dependent on their husbands for their finances and for You know, you know, they're the guys that get the plane tickets from their husband get them, their husband gets the plane tickets and plans the vacation and does all that. And then all of a sudden they're gone. Either they die or they get a divorce. And these women are like adrift, adrift with weight gain, not feeling sexy, not feeling healthy, not feeling able. And all of a sudden they have to figure it all out again and i i was there with a contentious divorce and that divorce took years and years and years to to solve so i'm i'm really good at helping women in that situation not just with weight gain but within the the anger and the victimhood game because victimhood and anger creates eating eating creates weight gain so it all comes back to self care it all cycles back to how you're taking care of yourself through adverse times.
0: So Sharon, I'm so passionate about everything that you do for women, because I, as you know, I'm all about, and our company is all about empowering women to embody their highest selves, right? With my coaching program, with our marketing services for women business leaders, um, we've been helping you get your message out. And- time, right? And we were pulling everything together from your vault of goodness and we're getting it out there. Uh, And, you know, including helping you um, strategize with the book and helping you uh, coming up, you're going to have a couple of trainings. So watch that Facebook community of hers, because you're going to be the first to know when she's got more stuff coming. Um, How's been, how has your experience been with media, the creative agency?
1: Well, what happened for me is I created a lot of stuff. But it was in the garage, in my computer, in in Dropbox, in Drive. Who the heck knows where it was? And when I engaged with your company, it forced me to clean up my, um, my digital resources. You know, what do I have? And where is it? And where are the pictures? And what am I going to use? And blah, blah, blah. And then I hadn't done an email marketing campaign in a very long time. And I didn't even know really how to do it. You know, I had a website and a distribution system, but I wasn't using it. So your team has emboldened me to get a grip on my stuff so that I could provide it to them so that they could provide it to the world. So I say, I can't die yet. I haven't launched, which meant I didn't have my book done. I didn't have my, my audience really informed of what I was doing. I wasn't talking to them. I wasn't telling them. And um, you have, one of your um one of your team members has been just instrumental in learning about me and what I what I have to offer. And not just about what I have to offer in terms of what my, you know, what I'm selling or what I what I have, but really to dig down and understand me as a person and as a as um a coach as to what is it that drives me? What is it that I'm passionate about? And she's become so good at it that sometimes I read her stuff and I go, this is kind of magic. You know, it's like, she's become tele telepathic. She can create copy um, about what I'm trying to say better than I could say it, which I can say I've had other, other agencies and other people that have helped me through this journey and they haven't been able to really tap into my, to my soul. She's found my soul and is an expert writer. So she can write about what it is that I'm thinking, which has been um, an incredible journey for me. And I'm so excited. And my emails are getting opened and people are paying attention. And, you know, it's not an overnight success, but it's an overnight growth. So every day, another person comes into my castle you know, another person emails me or notices me, you know, some of my very old friends and and business associates just sent me texts in LinkedIn, because I hadn't used LinkedIn in years. And so it was a time in my life where I was involved in LinkedIn, and then I just kind of let it go. But people from my past that saw my posts in LinkedIn have contacted me and said oh my god I didn't know you were sick I didn't know you sold the ranch I didn't know you moved to Florida all these things that um are being shared that I wouldn't have shared I was Mm. they were just stuck in in my in my drive folder somewhere Mm. where Mm. I couldn't even find them and now I'm redoing you know a lot of my stuff and um your team is helping me get organized and put it all together and I have Uh, an incredible story to tell, to share and to help. And I feel, you know, I'm 73 and I only came back to coaching because I had these epiphanies with my divorce, with my health and then with my tremendous sickness. And I realized that to keep my my zest for life from other women needing a, a bit of a tug or a hug or someone to help them be zesty, would be a disservice to the people that I am put here to help so you know I sort of retired from a coaching business I worked with equine assisted coaching and I helped I mentored women and youth to be their best selves and that was my last job before I um, retired from that and then realized that my journey was a powerful one that can help other women shortcut. They can shortcut that um, that path to vitality and zest and not spend the 10 years I spent swamping my way out of being angry and being a victim and being 30 pounds too heavy. I found a path that can shortcut their, their path to being vital and zesty and understand vital aging. You know, I, I teach how to be vital through the ages. And, you know, it's not easy. It takes some some work and it's hard to go it alone. And I couldn't do it alone. And I got um, help along the way with coaching and, and professionals that really helped me pull myself out. And I want to play it forward to help others.
0: Awesome. Well, you've heard it. That's how you can help her. And you've heard the experience that in the ways that we've been helping uh, her to share her message. So we are inviting you to share this episode, comment if you're on a platform that you can comment and we'll see you next time. Bye everyone. Thank you. Thanks everyone.